I've failed in almost everything I've ever tried in my life. I mean, I have literally a master's in failing and a PhD in getting right back up again. That's basically what I've learned because whenever I have failed, it's actually turned into one of my biggest successes. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome to the Kathy Heller podcast. This show is meant to be a guide for you. I want to be that mentor who can hold your hand through this journey. I know that there are so many twists and turns in navigating not only what is happening in our mind, but also understanding strategically how we want to get from where we are to where we want to go. In the show, we're going to talk not only about how we can start to become aware of what are the subconscious things that are holding us back and how we can instead choose thoughts that are actually going to propel us forward. But in addition to changing the landscape internally, we are going to talk about the strategies that actually will help you to build a profitable business, getting paid to be you. Because when you have a business where you do what you love, you never really have to have that sense of work because it's a pleasure, because it's joy. And really, I want you to have the most abundant life. I want you to have the kind of life that you love waking up to every day that you don't feel like you need a vacation from. So together on the show, every single episode, I wanna be your friend, I wanna be your mentor, I wanna show you what is it that I think has really been insightful, been helpful, what are the tools and strategies, what are the mindset shifts that have helped me, and what are the things that have helped my guests to get to where they are? How can we together sort of cross this river to the most fulfilling life where we show up and we feel like we are living into our potential and having the most gorgeous, beautiful experience? Because after all, that is what we all desire. We're all craving to have the most joyful, beautiful life. And I really believe that we can design that and that we can experience a life that we just absolutely love. And not only will we enjoy it, but it will be a possibility for other people. It will show other people what's there for them. And then maybe together, each one of us, by being the happiest versions of ourselves and being the most fulfilled versions of ourselves, we will help other people to reach for that higher branch and to find that in their own life. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. We have an awesome guest for you today. But before we dive in, I just want to let you know about something so fun. This week, my podcast turns six years old. And to celebrate, we were doing a huge giveaway. If you go ahead and go to my Instagram account, you're going to see a post that celebrates all the different milestones that we have hit over the last six years. And by going ahead and entering that giveaway, you will be eligible to win Tiffany Champagne Flutes, a $75 gift card to Nordstrom, and a $25 gift card to Starbucks. We'll also be picking one grand prize winner who will, in addition to all of those gifts, also be gifted a pair of Apple headphones. So all of this is just to say thank you for being here, for listening to the show. If you want to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is leave us a review and then go to that Instagram post and share any one of my reels on Instagram share one of my reels in your stories, and then go to my Instagram. You'll see the post for the giveaway and you'll just comment that you already entered and you'll tag a friend and you will be done. We will be announcing the winners in just a few days and we'll be picking six winners to represent the six years of the show. I am so blown away by how much I've grown, by how much joy this podcast has brought into my life. I'm so grateful and I cannot wait to see what is to come this year. Also, tomorrow is the last day that Abundant Ever After is on pre-sale. 
So if you would like to capitalize on the 50% discount, you can go to kathyheller.com slash join, and you will be part of my 12-week program, which officially will begin in a few weeks, but you can dive in today with all the pre-recorded content, which I have been told by so many of our students that it is just one of the most life-changing courses they've ever done. You can dive into the pre-recorded part today and we will get started with the live sessions in just a few weeks. If you would like to get in on the pre-sale, it ends tomorrow. You can get it at kathyheller.com slash join at the discount price. All right. Well, today I'm excited because my good friend Jennifer Cohen is back on the show. She's an entrepreneur, best-selling author, brand strategist, international speaker, podcaster, and performance coach with focus on building healthy habits, positive behavioral change, and inspiring people to achieve their biggest dreams through their boldness. She has worked with famous clientele that includes Hollywood celebrities, Olympic athletes, blockbuster recording artists, and others. And she has a new book that just came out recently. It's called Bigger, Better, Bolder, Live the Life You Want, Not the Life You Get. And it's all about how to get what you want in life using her practical takeaways and actionable steps. Jennifer is really the definition of boldness. And when she has a goal, she will do whatever it takes to reach it. So start the year off feeling like you have the confidence to go for what you want. She's actually doing a book signing in LA on January 10th at Barnes & Noble at the Grove. If you're in the area and you want to hang out with her, there'll be a link in the show notes with more information. You can also check out her podcast, Habits & Hustle, where she shares the stories and habits and rituals of people's journeys on living fulfilled lives. She's interviewed some amazing people like Simon Sinek, Mark Cuban, Bobby Brown, Chelsea Handler, Gabby Bernstein, and others about the normally hidden aspects that have made a difference in their success. It's a great show. You'll want to make sure to take a listen. Jenna's also been one of my biggest cheerleaders. She's really not only so cool, but she has so much integrity and genuine love for the people in her life. I'm so happy that she's here again. You guys are going to love this. Without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Jennifer Cohen. Thank you for coming back. You've been here before. And I want to just give people context before we dive into the new book. I want to just give people a a sense of who the heck you are so they even know (laughs) why are they listening to this gorgeous human with this beautiful face, this beautiful hair, this beautiful body, like what's on the inside. So tell them a little bit about why you even got to a place in your life where you knew your work in the world was helping people to step up, to be healthier, to be bigger and more of who they really are in the world. What on earth led you to feel like that's like your calling? I think I use myself as, by, by the way, thank you very much. Beautiful intro, beautiful intro. That's a great question. And I really think the best, when this happens, a lot of times people usually have themselves to use as an example, right? Of like how they evolved, how they kind of walk through the world and morphed into whoever you are in that moment. And that's basically what I did. You know, I've been speaking about health, fitness, nutrition, diet, all that for so many years. But that was just the byproduct of of what even got me into that world in the first place, right? Because it really doesn't matter what widget you're selling or talking about. It's basically, it's about all the other stuff, right? The, The nuance that people sometimes don't really talk about. And then what happened was, I'm just going to give you a little bit of an origin story. I was asked to do a TED Talk a few years back. And I was asked to do a TED talk on something that I, you know, that I was supposed to be an expert on, right, which was fitness and health. And in that moment, I decided that I didn't really want to have a conversation about that, because that to me was already something I've spoken about. I really wasn't my, what really kind of was resonating and true in my, in my heart in that moment. And it really was about, forget about that. What is the step before that? And I wanted to take that moment. And I said, you know what, I'm not going to talk about fitness. 
can I really talk about something bigger, which was being bold, right? And that's what I did. He kind of thought I was kind of cuckoo. And I'm like, let me just play with this. And I did a TED talk basically based on the idea of being bold and using boldness as a skill that you can harness like any other skill, like anything else you want to get good at. And that truly was like the superpower. That was my secret sauce, how I even got into anything. I was a very average person in every way growing up. There was nothing spectacular about me. I wasn't beautiful. I wasn't fit. I wasn't that. I was average in in intelligence, but I created and harnessed circumstances and habits around me that allowed me to elevate in certain areas. And once I saw one thing getting better, it kind of gave me the confidence to try again. And I think what I noticed was, I, like I said, if I could do it, anybody can do it. And I think a lot of people feel stuck and get stuck and get in their own way a lot of the times. And sometimes we try to make things that are really simple, really complicated. And it's really not complicated. It's really about kind of sifting through all the nonsense and, and bull and getting down to the brass tacks of like, how are you getting in your way? Where is your self-doubt? And if you can kind of have self-awareness and kind of figure that out, you can go through it. You know, the only way out is through sometimes. And so what I try to do is give people very practical, actionable skill sets that they themselves can kind of be their own biggest hero and champion and go out there and slay the world however they want, be it if it's in health and fitness, which was the area that I kind of landed on by accident or whatever it is. And the other thing I wanted to really make note of, Kathy, is that, you know, this is not about being professionally successful for me. I think that's like one sliver of the pie. I think to have a really rich life, when I say rich life, that doesn't mean planes and fancy cars and fancy homes. I'm talking about having a rich life in every area of your life, having personally rich friendships and and experiences and a career that you are thriving in and you enjoy. It's really a holistic. It's not just one area. If you're only successful and dominating in one area of your life, then you really have to take a step back and think about really that's not, that to me isn't success. That maybe is you have money, but that doesn't mean you have happiness and real success. So I try to really give people the tools, like I said, to go after what they want, no matter what it is, as opposed to just acquiescing to what's available in front of them. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I, I love everything that you just said. And before we had this conversation this morning, I was talking to somebody else, Peter Crone. I was interviewing him for the podcast and he'd said something so beautiful, which we all know we've heard this, but I love how he said it. And he said, your identity, it's just a conversation that you're having with yourself, right? Like you're deciding what your identity is based on how you decide who you are and how you decide how other people see you. And that's something that you obviously can play with all the time. And why I say that is because having the benefit of knowing you, this quality of being bold is really and truly so much of the gift that you give in who you are. And what I want to say about that is you are the girl on the playground who has no agenda and no ulterior motive other than you're really a people person. And you have the willingness to be sweet and enthusiastic and vulnerable and 
become friends with people like instantly because you don't measure people by status or money or success. I think one of your real unique skills is the boldness of having the courage to just walk over to anyone, see and treat everybody like they matter, uh, be, be fascinated by everybody, feel like you can learn from everybody. And because of that, your life has unfolded in ways where incredible opportunities are always there because you look at the world like it's just a playground and there's always another fun person to meet. And there's always something else that's right there that you can just climb on those monkey bars or try that new (laughs) thing. And I mean, I saw it the other day, Jen and I were at an event in LA. I knew. (laughs) Yeah. You knew I was going to say it. And we're walking out of the Beverly Hills hotel. And like, I'm not a stranger to these moments. I've lived in LA since 2003 with a year in Florida, but like I've been here 20 years and Al Pacino is walking out of the building and Jen's like, it's Al Pacino, right? And my husband and her husband, well, look, Al Pacino. Yep. Confirmed. And Jen is like, I'm going to go over. And I'm like, I'm not like my whole being (laughs) is like not walking over. And Jen's like, of course, Jen's going to walk over because the energy of Jennifer Cohen is, hi, I'm Jennifer Cohen. You're awesome. Want to take a picture? Like literally that's always been who you are. Like that skill, that ability, that nonchalant beauty of I'm in a generous state. Here's what I want to say. The last thing about it. When Jen walks over to Al Pacino, the reason you can walk over to him is because your sense of self-esteem is not hinged on whether he says no or not. You're like, love you anyway. Like that's you. You're just like Tinkerbell moving through the world. Well, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference to me. And I'll tell you why though. Obviously. Because, well, I'll, I'll, because I'll tell you why it would have at some point in my life. I don't believe that at all. It would have, but it would I have evidence to the contrary. Yeah, you do have a little evidence, but I will say what it is, it's like reframing the way you think about certain things, right? It's all about reframe. What we have about what? 6,200 or 7,000 thoughts a day. Do you know that 80% of those thoughts that you have a day are negative thoughts, negative thoughts, right? So unless you're cognizant and aware of that, it will change the trajectory of what your outcomes and circumstances are, right? Because negative is not going to find positive, right? That's a charge. So you have to make a conscious effort to reframe the way you see things and think about things. And in the way I've reframed it to be like, well, number one, what's the worst that can happen? My life will be no different, no worse off if this person rejects me or if this if this doesn't happen, I'm still in the same place. So that those that thought's always going through my head. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is to me, rejection is always better than regret all the time. I've had a lot of times when I got myself stuck because I overthought this can happen and that can happen and this, and I missed the opportunity altogether. And then all I do after that is ruminate about what if, what if I did try? What if I did go after that? What if I did go up to Al Pacino or whoever it is, what could have been, even if the chances of something good or positive happening is slim to none, it's still a chance. Have you ever seen Dumb and Dumber, the movie? When he's like, is there any shot that you'll go out for with me? And she's like, no, no, no. And he's like, no chance at all. Is there like one in a, you know, 10 chance? One in a, well, is there a one in a million chance? 
And then she's like, fine, one in a million. So you're saying there's a chance, right? Like, <laughs> the truth is like, it's all, if, if you have a glimmer of hope, a little bit, doesn't have to be a big glimmer. It could be just a small, small part, but there's a little hope that can go a long way. So that to me is how I move through life in everything I do. It's like, I don't want to regret not trying. I'd rather feel the, the rejection because rejection moves through you much quicker. You'll feel bad and you'll feel weird totally. and awkward for what? A couple hours, I'd be embarrassed, but then I don't think about it, right? Like if Al, Al Pacino was a jerk, I would have been like, kind of like, okay, well, that was bad. And then I would go home and have, you know, dessert and never think about him again, right? Totally, of course. And he was so sweet to you actually. And oh, he was as, nice. So but yeah, point- it doesn't matter because here's the thing. People don't want what they think they want. What they want is the feeling of freedom. So when you're actually free, because you don't care what the outcome is, because you just find this like a fun thing to do in the moment, you're done. You're not going to be changed by what the, what the external things are. Like circumstances are circumstances. You get to control, like how fun does this get to be? And so I just think, Jen, it is just so fun, this story. I know you've told it a zillion times. You told it the first time on my show, but like, this is a defining moment in your life, which shows people what's really available. It's so fun. Can you please tell them about the story that you know that I'm referring to? You have to tell it. You please have to. (sighs) Wow. Yes. Okay. So I knew you were going to ask me anyway. I'm not surprised. (laughs) I get it. Okay. I was 17 or 18 years old, I believe. And I was living in Winnipeg. I'm Canadian. And I was living in Winnipeg at the time. And I was a huge music buff. I loved music. And my dream job was to become like a video disc jockey, like a VJ, like a Carson Daly, one of those people. Remember, I don't need to be dating myself, but like MTV was like the big thing back when, right? And when in Canada, we had something that was the sister, like kind of exactly the same thing. It was called Much Music. And I really wanted to be a VJ, like badly. And I thought, okay, what, how, it was a covet. It was also one of those jobs that everybody wanted. It was super coveted. Like everyone, it was the coolest thing in the world to be. So I'm like, if I want this job, like, how am I going to be noticed? Like, what am I going to do for them to even give me a chance, like an audition or an interview? So I came up with this idea that if I put together like a phenomenal demo tape, like one that was so kick-ass that they would have to give me an audition. And so at the same time, when I was having all of these thoughts, Keanu Reeves was in my hometown because he wanted, he was at his, the pinnacle of his career. Actually, his career stayed like super super high all the time but at this point he just got off of the movie speed which really put him into like a whole other category and he really wanted to be like doing a hamlet play i don't know why he wanted to do shakespeare very very badly so he came to a small town like mine and i had this idea that would be such a great thing if i can have him as my demo tape if i could audition if, if i can get an audition it'd be because of him on my tape so I told all my family and friends that I'm going to go get Keanu Reeves. And they all, of course, laughed and thought I was like the crazy, like, what, who are you? You're like a 17 and a half year old kid. <laughs> Why would he ever even talk to you, let alone like it, let you interview him? And I was just like, all right. I'm like, you never know. And so what I did was I stood in the back alley behind where he was performing Hamlet. And it was 
keep in mind, Winnipeg, Canada is really cold. It was like minus 35 or minus 40. And it was just bone chilling cold. And I sat outside for what, 20 minutes passed and then 30 minutes passed and then like 45 minutes passed. And finally, he walked out of the doors and there was like a ton of press everywhere. Because at the time, remember, we didn't have social media. So it was the old school days where you had like the Inside Edition and the Current Affairs and the Entertainment Tonight. And although that's still around, waiting for him, like a glimpse of him. And I just walked right up to him with all the other screaming girls waiting for him. And I tug on his jacket and he was signing all these autographs for people trying to get out of the building. And uh, he looks at me, he's like, okay, I guess you want an autograph. You know, where's your paper? And I'm like, an autograph? Why would I want an autograph? No, no, no. I'm applying for a job and I really need your help. I thought you can allow me to interview you. And he was, again, taken aback, was very confused and staring at me and he's like what what and I'm like yes I'm I want to be a VJ for much music and you need to help me get this job and he's like signing and getting tugged at all these from all these girls and he was very perplexed and he was like you know what I I don't even know what you're talking about just can you just (laughs) write down your number and I can talk to you about this some other time and I didn't even have a piece of paper I didn't even have a pen I had nothing I'm like looking for somebody or somebody to give me a pen. And I'm arguing with him saying, you're not going to call me. Why are you saying this? You're going to blow me off. And some girl in the midst of me trying to tell him this handed me a lip liner and a gum wrapper. And I put my phone number on this gum wrapper and I handed it to him. And they basically then scurried me away. Like, I think like the security and the girls were like, like get this girl out of this, out of this area. And I left. And I went back to school the next day and I told my friends and I became a big joke. Like everyone started laughing at me, like, oh, teasing me. Oh yeah, Keanu, yeah, what happened, you know? And I go home and then the next day I go back to school and same thing, like, oh yeah, did Keanu call you? Like, oh, oh, oh," you know, like laughing at me. And I just kind of kept my head down and kind of like let them just make fun. And that happened again the third day. And then on the fourth day, when I came home from school, my mom said to me, uh, asked me actually if I listened to the the answering machine, because we had answering machines back then, which I didn't. And I listened to the answering machine and lo and behold, guess who was on the answering machine? I hear, uh, hi, um, this message is for Jennifer. This is Keanu calling. We met a few days ago. You were asking me a question. I didn't know what you were saying here. Call my, my phone number is blah, 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 blah. Can you please call me back? And I forgot to tell you before I got that message, he left three other messages prior with my mom on the phone, but my mother was answering the phone. You know, when those, when you let it ring and then instead of leaving the number, my mom would answer and be like, who's calling? Who is this? And I hear Keanu Keanu is, is Jennifer. I don't know what, who this is. And she kept on hanging up on him. So the fourth time he actually was able to leave a message, which of course I was like freaking out. And then I called him back. And then lo and behold, three days later, I went to pick him up at my mother's Cutlass Supreme at the hotel, drove him to my house. My mother made him lunch and cookies 
And I had a lot of my friends there, the ones who didn't make fun of me, who had their cameras in all angles of my living room so then I can make my demo tape. So he sat on my couch. I interviewed him for like two hours and I got the audition at Much Music. And then I even almost got the job. I became first runner up. And then this other girl got it over me. But it, became, it came down to me and this other girl and she got the job. But because of that opportunity, so many things changed. Like that whole thing took my life into an entirely different direction. And it taught me something very valuable, right, in life, which is, A, you never know unless you try, right? And, you know, being bold is the secret sauce. I mean, everyone thought I was crazy. No one thought I would ever get his attention. No one thought he'd ever call me. No one thought I'd get the interview. And so sometimes you've got to be wary of who you get advice from. And you've got to listen to your gut and just go for things because you never know. It's like 100% of the shots that you don't take. So from that point on, I would never, ever, ever not try or attempt something because I was scared or because I listened to some naysayer. I mean, it's one of the most amazing, fun, delightful stories I've ever been told. And I've been told so many good stories and I'm in tears. The reason I'm in tears and I'm not going, oh my God, A, I know the story, but the reason I'm in tears is because this is actually the way life works. And the fact that we're gasping is because we don't understand the way that life works. And Keanu himself was in this movie called The Matrix, which actually describes that this is indeed how life works. And the reason, Jen, why I wanted to swoop you up and hug you and shower you with all these like red hearts at the beginning of this episode is not because you're stunning and cool, is because you do know how it works. And it's because you don't need to really be bold when you are manifesting the way you are, right? You are inside of your own version of how you're observing and looking at things and how you're observing and looking at things is, you know, I want to do this. So in order to do this, I could probably go over there. Like who's got a gum wrapper? Hello. Like, let's go. Like, this is actually how it gets to feel and be when we're seeing it this way. And all the more reason why you didn't even need to end the story with, I got the job, right? Cause you got the job because the job was, I was the person who already felt this level of vibe that I could even have the experience. Yeah. The job the coolest was- part, like having Keanu Reeves in your living room when you're 17 years old, And being able to have that whole experience, that is the job, okay? Now, everything that's happened in your life since, not bad, right? You're married to a gorgeous, adorable, cool person, have two really cute kids, make tons of money, have been on all these TV shows, have just interviewed every single cool person for your own podcast, writing your like 29th book. And it's all good because that's what you've co-created because it feels the best to you. You want to be able to do all these things and be a mom and do all the things that you get to do when you're doing it. It's so bold. It's called, you know what it's called? Looking at reality as it actually is and not how those other people tell you it is, which is what you just finished saying. Yes. And also believe, I think it's also about belief, belief in yourself, right? I think at the end of the day, it's not about how cute you are or how smart you are or how talented you are. It's about how much you go after something and believe in yourself and think, why not me? That's, I think, a big part of it. But you said something earlier that I wanted to kind of tap into a bit because you're talking about the playground and me going up to people and all this stuff. 
I think a really big component of, of all this stuff that people need to really kind of look at and kind of, if they don't have it, maybe try to cultivate is curiosity. I think curiosity is really a huge pathway for communication, right? And for a way to connect. If you're not curious in truly connecting with people, good luck to you, right? I think people know when you're genuine or when you're disingenuine and when you're, if that's even a word, yeah, when you're disingenuous. Yeah. yeah. And when you're coming from a place of authenticity and true curiosity, I think the reason why I do connect with a lot of people is because my intention, my place is pure because I genuinely want to know something. I'm genuinely curious. I'm not asking for, to judge somebody negatively. It's because I just really want to get to know somebody or something. And it really does open up such pathways of communication and connectiveness, and it leads you down that, that path. And I think that's what I would, if I would go up to whoever it is, Al Pacino or Jane Smith, it is the same because everybody has a story. Everyone is different. And if you make people feel different and valued, I think that goes a long way in life. Oh, it really does. And that's what I mean about you is that I see that from a thousand miles away. It's just this genuine, sweet, curious, humble, like no matter where you've gone in your career in terms of quote unquote bullshit status, you treat every single person. Every time I see you, you're just as excited for me and wanting to like celebrate what I'm doing as you were 16 years ago when we both had less going on. It's like, it's just this beautiful vibration. And I'm so here for it. So let's talk about your new book. And it's a little bit of a pivot for you, but not at all. Because I say not at all because of everything we just unpacked. You have been really successful in sort of like all of the ways that the culture that we live in views success in terms of fitness and all of that. You've kind of like, you've been like one of those people on those shows and you've been on the cover of Weight Watcher. Like you're like that person, right? And yet, as you just said, all the real like magic to you was not really in how you can show someone how to lose the weight. It's more in how they lose the weight of all of the stuff that goes on between their ears. And finally, you're really letting yourself, I feel like this book is a coming out party in a way where it's like, these are all of the things beyond your health and beyond like what you're drinking in your green juice. What are you actually burning through? Well, I'm laughing. For so many reasons, but I feel like it's so easy to pigeonhole people and compartmentalize people, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, because I come from the world of fitness, then all I know is to do a squat or a lunge, right? Then that means you can't be good in anything else or interested in anything else, right? When the whole overarching message and philosophy that I have is you can really be good and better at anything if you just harness the skill. Right. And we can have more than one interest that we, that we cultivate at different times of our lives. Like in my life, I just don't have fitness. And this is why the crux of why I laugh is because I wasn't supposed to be in the health and fitness business. Like my background is I have an honor psychology degree and I have an MBA and my trajectory was had zero to do with fitness. I was head of marketing for a music, a record label, which is before, and a sports team and involved the sports team. And I got a job offer 
in LA in a completely different area when I ended up here. I hated the job. So I ended up by accident becoming a trainer for a while, then created a whole business and, and career in the world of fitness with my app that, that I sold or the shoes that I created. But people only know this much and then they assume that's your story. When really it's like the iceberg. You don't see anything except the tip of something. And then people make all these like wild assumptions, right? I mean, it's so true. You can have 15 things on the smorgasbord and they they do make sense, right? I mean, P. Diddy was making like vodka and he was also making beats. And it makes sense because it's not about pigeonholing a person. When you're a creative human and you're unleashing that inside of you, there's a, a thousand different ways that that's going to manifest them, itself. And it is stupid how people are like, well, then she's going to teach me how to do squats in the gym. And it's like, well, that's only one thing that she is about. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. It's like, that's why when people say, oh, you know, this is something different. But like, to me, it doesn't matter what the widget, that's, that's why I said it earlier, it doesn't matter what the widget is that you're selling or doing in that moment. What matters is what's within you that gets you to do that widget. Because exactly. if you can do that widget, you can, if you have that fire and desire to do that widget, you can do Every, any other widget. That's so it. For, right. So for me, I've cultivated that fire and desire in me and belief in me. So I don't care. Like I can do fitness, but guess what? I also have a venture fund. I also had a technology company. I also had a shoe company. Like it doesn't matter what the widget is. It just matters how you utilize this, you as a being to go after it. That's it. That's it. So that's, I mean, it's a perfect setup for this conversation, but it's a perfect setup for your life in general. And that's why everybody, I think, will be so served by hearing the rest of this conversation and listening, you know, and, and reading your book. So let's talk about the book for a second. The book is called Bigger, Better, Bolder, Live the Life You Want, Not the Life You Get. I just started reading it. It was just brought to my house a couple of days ago and it's great. Let's talk about some of the topics that you cover a little bit more in detail. So You talk about building and I love it. It's just exactly what people need. Building the habit and the skill of getting the life that you want or getting what you want in life. Let's talk about that for a second. People would love that, right? They'd love to be able to wake up and say like, oh, now I have the habit or the skill to to getting what I want out of life. Boy, is that a change of pace that you even think that's possible. Most people are like, well, this is the cards I've been dealt and that's it. What do you mean by building the habit and skill to get what you want out of life? You know, I say that you're not a product of your circumstances necessarily, but you are a product of the decisions that you make with your circumstances. And I follow that very closely, right? The onus is on you to make, to create the life that you want as a, as opposed to, I said, being acquiescing to what's in front of you. And I believe this wholeheartedly. So I believe have creating habits that will create the highest level of you and make you the most productive possible. And I will say, this is where fitness is extremely important. I actually had a conversation last week with my friends at Mind Pump. We had hours of conversation of this because I believe that because when I was younger, I did start to take fitness. I thought fitness was going to be a hobby for me, right? Like I talked about earlier, right? I thought it was something I was just doing because I liked it. Never did I think it would be like a huge piece of my life and my career. 
But I will tell you what I did learn from that. I learned goal setting. I learned self-esteem and self-confidence. And when you see yourself becoming physically stronger, you become mentally stronger. When you hit benchmarks and you see yourself succeeding, it gives you the confidence to keep going to the next thing. So I got some fundamental skill sets from taking fitness seriously that allowed me to kind of move through and do whatever I need to do in my real life. So to makes speak. total sense. And so to me, the fitness component and how this bigger, better, bolder book merges together is one habit that I think is really important for people to cultivate is that some form of fitness activity. Now I'm not saying you got to go become an Olympian tomorrow, but what I am saying is if you start doing something for yourself that's physical, you will see a shift mentally. I don't work out because I need to have a toned ass at this point, right? I'm not like, I'm too old at this point, but I will tell you what it does for me mentally and cognitively. It gives me the focus. I'm much more alert. I'm much more clear and it gives energy begets energy. So that was a habit that I think is really important that I tell people to build into their life. I also talk about the fact that to create bold moves, right? So if you weren't born bold, right? Not everyone, like maybe I was born a little bit bolder than you or you or someone else, but that doesn't matter. We all have our own like baseline, but by practicing little bits here and there, you can increase that baseline. So I talk about little things that you can do daily to become a little bit bolder. It could be as small as calling your cell phone company, your cable bill, and basically negotiating a better monthly rate for yourself, right? Most people don't bother. They're like, ah, whatever. Or when they go to a restaurant and when their food comes cold, maybe returning your food and, and telling them that the food doesn't taste properly. Like things that people sometimes shy away from because they think they're being rude or they don't want to like do it because it's uncomfortable or it makes them uneasy. Small little things like that, the better you can get at the little things, the better you get at the big things. If you can ask for small things, that gives you the practice to ask for the bigger things in life. It's so, so true. So things like that, like you can laugh at me all you want. When I go to a restaurant, I say this on the side and extra that, and I don't want this. I use the menu as just like a table of contents for what ingredients are, are in that restaurant or in that building. And then I construct my own thing. Now, as long as you're not being an asshole about it and you're being kind, and you're being nice, people don't care. It's not about what you say, it's how you say it. So if you're saying it in a way that's not jerky, people understand. And the majority of time they're like, yeah, I agree with you, I would get that. And then the, and what happens is it becomes a funny little like conversation. But to not be comfortable in asking for what you want with a simple meal, how are you going to be able to ask for what you want in the big things about a guy or a girl you want to go out with or a date or a job you want or a promotion that you're looking for? So start small and work your way up. It's so true. You know, it's funny because people get so offended so easily. Like to me, I don't find that to be offensive. I find that like, why not? Like, why are people so afraid 
to just ask the question. What is literally the worst that can happen? That someone you're never going to see again in your life says, uh, no, and then move on. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like we get so hung up on these like silly, frivolous little things that really make no difference. Yep. But at the same time, it's helping you with whatever that thing is that you're trying to work out within yourself do like, why not do that other thing? Who cares? So we have to be able to drop all of that, like discomfort within ourselves of what other people think. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yep. That, that is the point. You think people care way more than they really do. You're a blip in their day. Once you walk away, they don't think of you again. They, won't they really don't. You. They really don't. People are so self, self-involved. self It's just amazing what's sitting on the other side of like just showing up and like asking for what you want. Like that's that's something people don't even consider. People say to me when I started the podcast, well, how'd you get so-and-so? I'm like, I literally just reached out, like sent a DM, sent an email. And not like, here's why I'm impressive. Literally, no. Like I had nothing to be impressed about. I didn't have like downloads to show. I just was like, Hey, you're amazing. I really dig you. Do you want to have a conversation? And it doesn't matter if people say no, because one out of 26 people or whatever it was, was like, sure. And I was like, great, beautiful. Let's move on. Let's, let's go. Let me ask you another question about the things that you talk about in this book. You talk about how failures can actually become our greatest strengths. And that is something where people usually like, they feel so much shame around their failure, especially if it's public in any way. That they, right. can't, they can't move on, let alone turn it into a strength. So what do you mean by that? I mean, listen, I've, I've failed at almost everything I've ever tried in my life. I mean, I have literally a master's in failing and a PhD in getting right back up again. That's basically what I've learned from everything. Because whatever I have failed, it's actually turned into one of my biggest successes. You know, even like, like my podcast, my podcast was sold as a TV show to NBC and it was called Game Changers. It was supposed to be, you remember the show Cribs when you go into people's of fridge course. and check in yes. their fridge and their closet. So the, the original idea was that I wanted to do like a Cribs, but for like entrepreneurs, like people who were not like the Kim Kardashians of the world necessarily, but now yes, but people who were like the Mark Cubans of the world, like what do they eat every day? What do they oh drink? My God, I love this show. I'm, I'm buying it. I'm right? watching it. And it was like, and I sold it very quickly. And I had a bunch of partners, like I had a production company that I was working with and The Rock was going to buy it. It was like a whole thing. Anyway, I sold it to NBC and it became a production nightmare because we couldn't decide on who the pilot should be, right? I wanted it to be X and they wanted it to be Y and it was just not moving and everything had so much red tape. We had to get 77 different approvals and then this happened and then we had to find more money for something else for the, for the pilot. And there was way too many cooks in the kitchen. And I was like, I just wanted to really go into these people's homes and places and do a day in the life with them and see what they did. And it was turning into like over a year. And I was like, this is crazy. This is like not going anywhere. And so finally, I think I was, I was talking to you, remember, but you're like, why don't you just do a podcast? And so in that moment, I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to turn that show into a podcast and see what happens. And do I have a show on NBC right now? No. But what I did get from this podcast was I started my own podcast and the amount of people and the relationships that I have developed and cultivated because of this opportunity is priceless. I cannot put a price tag on what I've gotten from this experience it's and amazing. the 
business opportunities, the personal friendships, like some of my best friends came from this whole process and things I would never even like, it was a road I would never even gone down if it wasn't for that show feeling, the conversation with you. And so it was one of my big failures turned into like a wonderful success that's still flourishing on so many other levels. Right. Can I just say something about your podcast? It's a huge success in every way. Like literally out of 2 million podcasts, the fact that both of us can be like, oh, we're in the top, whatever. Like it's not normal. Like that is so successful and no one's watching NBC. No one is watching it. Here's the thing. Jimmy Kimmel himself will say, or whoever the Fallon Kimmel, all of them, they'll be like, my show doesn't get watched in real time. It gets watched digitally. The clips get watched on YouTube. No one's actually watching linear TV. No one's watching it. So you're doing everything right. <laughs> and I just yeah, want wow, to get that's it. amazing. And the interesting is I'm, I'm now streaming on all of these like platforms. And it's interesting. Yeah, because I, I agree with you. No one's watching that. People are watching the Hulus and Netflix, whatever else. And I still think it's a great idea, by the way. I am going to revisit it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm literally obsessed with it. I'm sitting here being like, I wish that show was on because I want to binge it right now. So I want to now get involved. Maybe it will. Maybe Maybe it it will. will. Maybe it will. Okay, so here's the thing. Before we start to wrap up the conversation, I feel like everybody at this point is like in love with you, definitely wants this book, definitely wants all things Jennifer Cohen, the podcast, Game Changers to come out on any any thing that actually people watch. And let's just talk for one minute about your podcast. You have a really successful podcast on all standards of what makes something successful. It's yummy. It's fun to listen to. People actually legitimately like you and it reaches all those stats. Why do you think podcasts are successful when they are? Tell me one thing about the success that you've seen and felt in your own podcast that you would want to share with somebody else who wants to have a level of that success for themselves. What makes a podcast awesome? You know, I really think it's content, giving people quality content that is a little unique, you know, and I'm sure Kathy, you can, you can attest to this, right? In our business, people are always chasing the best guest in terms of a name, like, oh, I had that, like, who can I get on? Like this name, that name, that name, this name. And what happens is whoever that name is, they end up doing the circuit, right? So I get a big name, chances are he's going to be doing yours and 99 other ones that you're always seeing, right? So it's the same content that's being repurposed over and over and over again, which is to me, not even interesting anymore. No, it's not. It's not at all. But it's funny because when you start, you chase the name. You think, oh, if I can only get X on, that's going to make my podcast thrive and, and, and hit. And what I now do, and I realize this too bad later than sooner, maybe, is that it's really about content and having people on that are really giving juicy, good content that is really practical. You know, I feel like the episodes that do the best for me are the ones that I'm genuinely engaged and interested in that I'm learning from. And that if I'm learning something from it, then my audience is learning something from it. They don't have to be the most fancy person and the most famous person. And in fact, I'm going to tell you the truth. Those people usually do the worst for me. They're not doing the best for me. You know, like a couple of them like hit for me, but one of my biggest episodes, yeah, he was popular and it went crazy was a Sean T who I'm very good friends with. And 
Sean T is like, uh, he created the insanity and he created all these major, major big fitness uh, platforms for beach bodies, very well known. And yes, he's got a big following and all that. So what I do is I have a podcast and then I cut tons of teasers and I put them everywhere. And what happens is when he talks about his fitness stuff or motivation for fitness and this and this, this, people don't care. It's been seen, heard, done a million times. But what he did say on my podcast, which it went in a whole different direction than what I was expecting and what he was expecting was we started talking about how he was molested as a kid and what happens in a child's psyche when that happens. And it wasn't the things that you're thinking about. He became in love with this guy because that's all he, he, he became familiar and he knew him. And he walked through, I guess, the psychological turmoil that that put someone through. It was honestly like in my, when we were doing the podcast, everybody in the room, because my camera guy and his few people, my friend, whatever was there, were riveted because we've never heard that before. We've never heard that, how he said it before. And it was so heartfelt that so many people who had that struggles, who felt the same way, but they never had the courage to of say course. it out loud, or if they thought they were alone, that no yeah. one ever thought the same way. It was like mind blowing for them. Yeah, you're right. And you know, what's amazing about you, and I don't, I'm not doing this to give you brownie points. I really mean it. Like every single thing I've said today is the reason that happened because you're so genuinely curious and present and kind that it creates a space where people are like, I don't even know I was necessarily going to share this but I'm going to share this with you, right? The fact that he felt safe enough to say that out loud publicly to you has a lot to do with the fact that you, you just made a space for him to be like, you know what? Like, this is really what I feel like sharing right now. And you're right. It's very different than what people are used to hearing anybody who has fame or clout talk about anything vulnerable, right? So I love what you're saying, that content, because I think so often- it's like, you want to get everything without having anything. And it, it, why would you expect anything to work that way? It's like, we all want the hype machine. It's like, do you really want the hype machine? You think about, would you really want just like a million viewers overnight right now? Or is the content deserving of it already? Right? Like if the content itself is that which you would want a million people to hear, chances are they're going to wind up hearing it right? It's going to have the potency, but it's like, what are you making? And I think about like anything I started when I first started my podcast, I've grown so much just practicing, you know, practicing doing anything you get better at. I think about the first songs I wrote before they wound up on TV, before they wound up in ads, they were mediocre. I used to think I want everyone to hear these. I'm so glad nobody heard those. I'm so glad nobody heard those first 29 songs I wrote in 2003. They just weren't good. I would never play them for you. Like they were the best I could do then, which led me to the next best and the next best. But it is true. It's like so often when I ask people a question like that about their podcast, they're like, well, you know what really it was? This is how I built an audience. It's like, you just went right to like, it's the content. It's the quality of make something that's actually shareable. Is it shareable content on its own legs, on its own face without people needing to know Jennifer Cohen, would they still want to listen to this content? So this is what I was going to say. And the, the best way to do that is having a podcast about things that you're actually interested in. Because I don't know about you. I don't care who the person is. If I'm not interested in totally. the oh. topic, it becomes dull and boring, right? And I think there is something to be said for like, 
kind of like leaning in in one area versus being a master of all. Like, I mean, maybe just like pick one lane and like get, go really, I have a friend, her name is Dr. Gabrielle Lyons and she's a doctor and she talks a lot about protein and all these other things. And she's really smart. She grew exceptionally fast. She's got like a huge podcast, a very, very successful podcast now in the health and fitness space. And she's become massive in her own right, writing a book and all these other things. And the reason why she grew really fast is not because of anything else, but except one thing. She stayed in her lane that she knows she's very knowledgeable about. She's super passionate about what she talks about. And everybody that comes on, they're not big names. They're people who are super, super, like just such experts and they have such amazing knowledge on what it is that you constantly glean something from that episode. That is so different than how most people think. It's like, what if you got really granular and instead of worrying about chasing down the next celebrity interview, it's like, is there a child psychologist in town who you want to talk to who actually can give value? Is there somebody who just had this one experience and this one thing happened in their own life and they have what to share about it and you find it really riveting because of how they have processed what they've learned from it? Like that is something we all have access to. My last question, and I ask you this because the last time we were talking, you were like, you know, I think part of my background in fitness is because I don't like for people to just pontificate. I like them to take action because when you do take action, things change, right? Like if you talk about fitness, but you don't drink the water, like I can't help you like drink. Like, you know, if you have these ideas, but you don't actually publish the podcast, I can't help you. I can't do anything. So in your book, you talk about how to know what action to take and you talk about like the right action. And so before you leave today and you said something about being practical, it is spiritual to be practical. It's spiritual to actually go ahead and then do something with your inspiration, right? That is it. That's how we move through things. We don't overthink them. That's actually not spiritual, right? So what would you say in terms of taking action, in terms of building, let's say, you know, a podcast specifically, but anything that you, anybody here would want to build, what might be one thing that comes to mind that would allow you to have the courage to take the action and also what action you think might be something that everybody could do like tomorrow, which would actually make a quantitative difference in their life if they did it. Okay. That's a good question. I think having, take a self-assessment of what you're, what you're good at and what you're not good at. That's like the, the first thing I would do. I mean, when I wanted to do a podcast, it was actually really scary for me because technology in general freaks me out. And even the idea of like having to get a microphone was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, I don't even know what, what do you mean? It was so overwhelming. So the stop becomes in the start, Like you don't even know what you don't know. And then you just don't do anything. So taking an assessment of like what you're good at and what you're bad at. And I think what I would always suggest to people is like, I lean into what I'm good at and maybe focus on like a couple of things that I know I could actually do. Like if it's a podcast, maybe it is organizing a couple of guests uh, to come on the show, right? That could be one area. And then finding somebody who can help you with the things that you're not so great at, right? Like maybe you find someone on the tech side who can help you with the organization of it, right? And then you just start small. You don't have to have a big studio in the middle of Hollywood. You could do it in your garage. You could do it in your office. And today, like, don't think about all the way out. Think about just doing one tomorrow, right? Like when I started, I'm like, okay, I'm going to call Kathy. I know her. 
I'm going to interview her. So I will then help get my friend who's like really good with equipment and tech. Maybe they can get me the mic. Maybe we can go together and let's do a really small setup and do an episode Yeah. and then do it again and then do it again. And so what happens is once you start, you figure shit out as you go, but you don't get anywhere if you just sit there and just be like, you know, analysis paralysis, which is what happens with me and anybody else. You know, you can't allow yourself to get stuck like that. You have to go because at the end of the day, it really is momentum, right? Things in motion stay in motion. If you don't move, you just sit and stay and nothing happens. That's why I always say to people, if you want a better job, don't leave the job you're in until you have a better job to go to. Because you get a job offer, you find those jobs when you're in a job. So I think that when you're in a vortex of movement, things happen. So even if it's like interviewing your neighbor next door, you can even do it on Zoom, get a Zoom account and get a a pair of head, a headset and do it simple and just do it like that. Keep it simple, stupid. I know. I agree with you. It's like, what's your next step? It's like, what's the easiest step to take? Take it, do it. You know, always, I've always been like that, like doing it messy building the engine while I'm flying the plane. And it's so much fun. It's like, and what's this pressure to know what it needs to look like or have the perfect artwork? It doesn't matter. Just keep moving forward. Keep iterating because the momentum and all the answers are in the momentum. So we've just been sitting still too long. You know, that's really the problem. And I love how you address that. Tell everybody where they can find the Habits and Hustle podcast and tell everybody where they can get the new book as it comes out. So it is available everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. They can also follow me on The Real Jen Cohen, on Instagram, on TikTok, all that stuff. And my podcast is called Habits & Hustle. And it's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to a podcast. You're just so awesome. We need a lot more of this like positive you know, light in our life. So thank you for being here. Thank you. All right. You're the best. Jen is amazing. And here are the takeaways. Number one, sometimes the only way out is through. Number two, even if the chances of something good or positive is slim to none, it's still a chance. A little hope that can go a long way. Number three, being bold is the secret sauce. Listen to your gut and just go for things because you never know unless you try. Number four, at the end of the day, it's not about how cute or smart or talented you are. It's about how much you go after something and believe in yourself and think, why not me? Number five, curiosity is a huge pathway for communication and connection. Be genuinely curious. Number six, it doesn't matter what widget you're selling or doing in that moment. What matters is what's within you that gets you to do that widget. Number seven, when you have a master's in failing and a PhD in getting right back up again, you're going to turn your failures into your biggest successes. And number eight, just do one small step. When you're in a vortex of movement, things happen. Keep moving forward. Keep iterating. All the answers are in the momentum. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that this is providing tons of value for you. If you want to get all the fun episodes that we have coming up this year, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you're listening. It would mean so much to me if you would enter the giveaway and leave a review for the podcast and then come on over to my Instagram at kathy.heller. You'll find the giveaway post. And by entering that giveaway, you'll be eligible to win a whole bundle of gifts, including... Champagne Flutes by Tiffany & Co., a $75 Nordstrom gift card, and a $25 Starbucks gift card. I'll be giving that bundle to six of you who leave a review and let me know that you went ahead and did so by entering the giveaway on our Instagram at kathy.heller. And one of you will win all of that plus a pair of Apple headphones. All you have to do is leave a review and then go to the Instagram and enter the giveaway. 
I love you so much. I'm so grateful that we're on this journey together. And don't forget, tomorrow the pre-sale ends for Abundant Ever After. This is a 12-week incredible coaching experience where you will not only be able to rewire what is it that's going on in your mind that is not serving you, but also in the outer landscape, what are the steps and strategies so that you can effectively build a business and start getting paid to be your beautiful self. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.